this morning, fellas, we are kind of wrapping up our series that we've been talking through spiritual gifts. And this morning, we're talking about putting our spiritual gifts to practice. Uh, one of the beautiful things in the Old Testament is that we do see the Spirit of God at work. But here's the thing about the Spirit of God in the Old Testament is that oftentimes the Spirit of God comes into the lives of, uh, of a, a person, but just as quick as the Spirit comes, the Spirit goes. And one, one example that we have is that we find the Spirit of God is put on King Saul, right? Uh, but as you know, Saul eventually, uh, in his stubborn rebellion as it continues, God says, I'm taking my spirit from you. So we see this kind of throughout the uh, Old Testament. There are sightings of the spirit at work. Uh, but once again, just as quickly as the spirit comes, we see the, the, the spirit go until another time. Well, as you know... We're in a special time in redemptive history. This is uh, the, the kind of time of the church that God has ordained for us. And so here is the truth is that we have access to the Spirit of God at all times. Um, because here's the thing is that we are actually indwelled by the Holy Spirit as believers. Jesus tells his disciples that this new role that the Spirit of God has uh, is the Spirit of truth and that it will play in our lives is this. We find this in John 14. He says, he lives with you and will be in you. So very clearly the Spirit is with us. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 6. He said, do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. And then get this, therefore, honor God with your bodies. So we want to honor God with these bodies that he's given us, right? And so realizing this thing is that we've been given gifts, not for our own edification, but for the edification of the bride of Christ. And so gifts, these gifts, these spiritual gifts that we've been talking about for the last several weeks are given for the edification of the church. We find that in 1 Corinthians 14, Ephesians chapter 4. These gifts aren't for us. It's not for kind of building up our own self, our, our own self-esteem, all of these kind of things. No, they're to build up and strengthen the church. And so it's important to realize that, that these gifts, they're not just individualistic, but it's given for a corporate good. So when we're all thriving in our spiritual gifts, understanding this and putting them into practice all together, uh, we're more like the bride of Christ than we were if we weren't. And I dream of the day whenever, whenever we're really doing all of this together in, in tandem and seeing the beautiful expression that God has for us in this. And, you know, I think this is why Paul talks about this in Ephesians 4, that as we work together, it, it builds up the body of Christ to maturity in Christ. The church becomes mature in Christ as we practice these gifts. Because here's the thing is the Lord wants the church that is stable and strong. In a world where it's like doctrine is who knows what, he wants us to fight against that false teaching, that destructive teaching that, that oftentimes pervades the church, uh, and especially in our world. And he wants the church to be built up in truth and in love. And this happens as we exercise our spiritual gifts together. 
So Tim did a great job a few weeks ago uh, helping us understand and see, especially in Scripture, where are these spiritual gifts? What are these spiritual gifts? Uh, last week, Curtis led us through a spiritual gifts inventory uh, and had us write down our top three. And I, I brought those forms back. If you forgot what your top three were, well, you can go through the forms and uh, write those down again for yourself. So, but, but it's important to hang on to those things. Why? Because our gifts, they're from the Spirit. Because without them, we wouldn't just naturally do the things that God has gifted us with. Uh, and, and sometimes these gifts that we've been given allow us to do things supernaturally because it's, it's the Spirit working through us. So one example is I, I'm not a natural administrator. Um, I, I spiritual. Administration is actually kind of high in my spiritual gifts, which makes sense because I'm a pastor, and I hope that that, that is one of my gifts. Um, but the thing is, I don't have a talent or skill for administration because there's so many times, especially in the last several years, as God has called me uh, into kind of more uh, leadership within the church, is that there, there are moments, there are times where I've really had to rely on him to do the work through me. That, that me trying to figure out a structure, me trying to figure out the answer to a problem, me trying to, to do whatever, if it was Hunter, it's going to fail. But I recognize and I see, yes, the Spirit of God is at work in me and through me as I allow him to do that work, not on my own, but the Holy Spirit through me. Now, here's one more thing about these gifts, is that these gifts are worthless Without love. Without love. That's why Paul followed. So Tim talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, we see this description of the gifts that were given by the Spirit. And this is why Paul follows up in the next chapter, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, which we call the love chapter, right? It's read at tons of weddings. You probably wrote it on your card yesterday uh, to your wife. But here's the thing, and I think about this example is I may serve my wife, but if I'm not serving her out of a heart of love, it's not really serving. I can, I can have this gift of administration that the Spirit has given me, but if I'm not doing it out of love, then it's not really doing the thing that God intended for it to do. And so we want to make sure that we understand that it's got to come from this place of love for one another and for God. So how do we put these into practice? And at the bottom of your handout that I gave you, there are three questions that we have asked multiple times. You've, I'm sure you've heard them, and they're wonderful. You should probably memorize them. But if you're trying to find that place in which you are going to serve and, and, and do it to the best of your ability, three questions that we ask are these. What breaks your heart? What are the needs around you? And what do you have to work with? Now, I think that for many of us, we've wrestled with these questions and we've, we've kind of begun to, to come to a greater understanding of, of what it is that God has for us, uh, not just with our gifting, but what are those needs around us uh, and trying to seek that out. And if that hasn't stuck, I'm going to offer you another way to think about it this morning. 
And I'm indebted to David Mansfield's wife, uh, Sandra, for this. Uh, We were talking this week, and I had already prepared to talk through the three questions and go through this. And she introduced me to this material that she had gone through a webinar recently about. And she said, this is really good. Just sit with it for a minute. And I agree. This is really good stuff. So we're going to talk through uh, this idea here of how do we put this through. And, And I've got this graph here that comes from uh, Bruce Bugby uh, is the guy's name, and it's a book called What You Do Best. And so we're going to talk through kind of this graph here. But here's the thing is, is one of the beautiful things is last week you already did the first step here of identifying what, what are your spiritual gifts. Uh, there's so much practicality and goodness that comes through us spending some intentional time with an inventory to go, what is it that rises to the top? Uh, Because as we do that, as we kind of go, all right, Lord, what is it? We start to find what you do best. You start to see, yes, this is what we do best. And here's the thing. If it's what you do best, you're going to be competent in that. That's a good place to be, is it not? How many of us have had jobs where we're like, I am anything but competent right now? You're competent whenever you're in that part that is your spiritual gift. Here's the thing, too. You may have identified some of your spiritual gifts last week, and you may be going, Hunter, (laughs) I feel anything but competent uh, in that. But I want you to hear me out, because here's the thing is Paul warns about this. He warns about being too haughty about your gift of, man, I'm I'm an excellent administrator, all right? You put me in anywhere, I'm going to thrive. But he also, on the flip side, We should not think more lowly of ourselves either, of going, I know that was at the top, but I just, mm, I don't know. Because here's the thing is, I think that is a great mistake of us as men in the modern church to think more lowly than what God has gifted us with. And how beautiful the bride of Christ would be if we would just align our lives with what God has gifted us in and finding that spot of discovering our spiritual gift, of finding that relational style of our life, passion, all coming together. And us focusing in and hitting that target that God has for our lives, finding that that truly that sweet spot so that y'all will be firing on all cylinders and God will be getting all the glory and the praise because of it. And we'll be seeing the spirit move like we've never seen before. Because we're allowing the Spirit to do the work through us. So you got to identify first where your spiritual gift is, and it tells you what you do best, and you'll notice and realize that you're competent. Next, you got to find the way in which you relate, your relational style. So let's unpack this. This is uh, kind of your personal style. It's how uh, you prefer to relate to others, uh, to ideas, to the world around you. And so there are two questions that we ask with this. How are you energized and how are you organized? So let's let's talk about this. Uh, Bruce Bugby, he talks about this. And uh, you can step into kind of both arenas uh, sometimes of, of being energized, of this idea of people or tasks. Sometimes you can be really energized by being uh, people-oriented. Sometimes you can be really uh, energized by being task-oriented. And sometimes you can be able to step into both of those. Uh, but the thing is, is that we kind of have a primary disposition 
Uh, we, we prefer one over the other. Uh, you're either a people-oriented person or a task-oriented. So task-oriented, it's not that you work alone. It's that you work best in a group of people whenever there's a task at hand, right? And we're going we're gonna to check it off. We're going to do it together. We're going to get it done. Now, if you're more people-oriented, uh, you're energized by just the relationship that's going on in that moment. It may be still that there's a task that's getting done, uh, but, but you love being together. You love serving together in that capacity. And so you got to figure out what, what is your style? What are you energized by in that? Are you task-oriented? Are you people-oriented? Then you got to ask the question, how are you organized? Uh, and it, this helps you also find a greater understanding of your personal style. So are you structured or are you unstructured? And if you're unstructured, here's the thing is that you put things in piles. Maybe like, you know, all your clothes are in a pile beside the laundry basket. Um, but here's the thing is you're, you're less concerned about precise things and uh, you love having lots of options. You, you, you're very flexible. You're good with spontaneity in, in your relationships. Um, and, and like I said, you're pretty, you're pretty flexible. Now, now, structured people, instead of piles, they like files. Everything's got its place. This is where it goes. Um, they like plan. They like order to their world. Uh, they're right. Uh, typically, they're more detailed. They, they love structure. They, they love stable and consistent relationships. Uh, and whenever they're making decisions, they, they want clarity. They want closure to those things. And so you got to uh, answer that question of, are you structured or unstructured kind of person? And whenever you fit those things together, understanding what energizes you, how are you structured, uh, how are you organized, that's going to help you find that place where you're more comfortable to serve. Because that's your style. You're not trying to force it and be something that, that, that's not comfortable to you, but instead you're able to find that place, that gifting zone, if you will, and you begin to thrive. And I'm going to give you some examples of all this uh, in just a few minutes, but so, your relational style indicates how you best serve, and here's the thing. If it's how you best serve, you become a confident server. You go, I know what my gift is because I'm pretty competent in it, because God has gifted me in it. And finding that, that spot, that way that I do it, that how I best serve, it makes me confident because I go, yeah, this, this is my spot, Right? Our third place we've got to discover is our life passion. Our life passion. Bruce Bugby, he describes it as this, as the God-given desire that compels you to make a difference in a particular area of life, ministry, or mission. And men, when we find that spot, that sweet spot that makes our heart come alive, that spot that we can't stop thinking about. When we find that spot, we become motivated, motivated to use our gifting that God has given us. And it's a beautiful spot. And I've had the, the privilege, not just at this church, but other churches, to witness many folks find that spot and thrive, thrive. 
not only for themselves, but for the goodness of others and for the praise of God. And, and within our church, we're always open. That if there's a spot that is your life passion and you've connected all these dots together, if that is here, let's find it and let's do it. Because you're going to thrive in, in that area. So your life passion, it indicates where you best serve and you'll be motivated. So, fellas, we want to find, we want to discover what is our spiritual gift. We want to find the way that we relate best. And then we want to see what is that life passion that we have. And when we bring all these things together, not only will we be competent, we'll be confident and also motivated. So, what does this look like? examples that I, I was thinking through, and there's so many others. These are just examples. It's, think about maybe you're a structured person, but who's also, uh, who's, who's task-oriented. You're energized by task, and your gifting uh, is administration and knowledge. Well, if that is you, probably serving on one of our leadership teams is one of those sweet spots that you can use your gifting, put it into practice. Uh, if you're an unstructured person who's energized by people and you have this gifting of, of evangelism and administration, it might be that God's calling you to start up an evangelism team here at the church to, to help with outreach within our community and, and have those relationships that, that you crave. Maybe you're a structured person who's also people-oriented. That's a great one to be. Uh, and you have this gifting of helps. Well, maybe you would thrive because one of your passions is technology and one of your passions is worship. Maybe serving on our tech team to help free up distractions on a Sunday morning so that folks can come in and truly worship Jesus. Maybe that's the spot where you would come alive because you're putting into practice what God has given you. So I'm going to wrap up with this encouragement. And it's something that I think about a lot, not just for, for us as men here at Sunrise, but I think about for our church, and not even just for our church, but for Christians everywhere, is that if these truly are gifts from God, and God knows how to give good gifts, really good gifts, he's, he's so much better than we are, why would we not choose to receive them and practice them? I imagine that as the Old Testament saints all of a sudden realize that the Spirit of God is upon them, can you imagine the excitement around that? Fellas, the Spirit of God resides in each of us. Are we that excited? To say, yes, Lord, you work in and through me. I want to see you do miraculous and wonderful and supernatural things that only you can do because it's your spirit inside of me. You're the one who desires to work in and through me. I don't know why, but thank you. Let's find that place. Let's put those gifts into practice. and Let's see what God wants to do through them, okay? Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm going to pray over us.